Welcome to Business as an Adventure, a podcast dedicated to improving the businesses and lives of creative entrepreneurs. Together, we interview high-performing entrepreneurs and creatives from all over the world, explore what makes them and their business unique. And along the way, we uncover their secrets to help you craft your own adventure in the world of business. All right, welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is Brittany Gidley, a family photographer from the awesome city of Cleveland, Ohio. Using her eight years of experience as a NICU nurse, Brittany brings a level of compassion expertise to all of her newborn and family sessions. One of her superpowers is her gift of charity to families in the Cleveland area who have babies in the NICU. She actively works in the hospitals to bless families who, with babies who are struggling to support and support them through the power of photography. Beyond her work in the NICU, she's an award-winning photographer and has photographed some big names in the sports world, many of the Cleveland Cavaliers and their families, some of them even flying her out to their homes in different states when they move teams. On a personal note, I've seen Brittany in action. She's nothing short of amazing. I've had the privilege of being photographed by her twice, once here in Maui with my daughter, and then once in her studio in Cleveland last Christmas. Beyond her amazing images, the experience she brings to clients is unmatched, and her brand speaks for itself. Brittany, welcome to the show. We are so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Got a little fumbly there in the intro, but it's fine. We're just going to work through it. Yeah, I'll just make you do more of them. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us today, Brittany. Um, I'm so glad to be here, guys. Thanks for making the time. So, Brittany, I just want to I want to dive right into this here because... I just feel like there's so many facets to your business that are so interesting and so dialed in. I mean, like, we'll talk about shooting experience with you here in a little bit, but I want to kind of just really just dive into, um, you know, who you are, how you came into this industry, and, um, you know, the expertise that you you bring in that. So let's, let's start by talking about your like how you got started in this because you were a NICU nurse and then now you just run this, this kick-ass business. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. So Brittany Gidley Photography was started completely on accident. I did not set out to build an empire, but here I am. So I am formally <laughs> trained uh, as a NICU nurse. I went to college, uh, got my degree here in the U.S., it's a registered nurse, and I knew straight away that I wanted to work with babies and families. Particularly, I loved the very vulnerable population of surgical needs and premature infants. Um, what makes my heart sing is watching families grow, so that really fed my soul every single day that I would go in the hospital and care for them and love on them and really just watch these moms and dads become families with their child and of course send them home usually happily ever after um so photography was always a hobby of mine i certainly i would second shoot some weddings here and there at the very beginning get my feet under me and quickly realized that what i love is very much the family aspect. So luckily for me, I worked in a, in a unit with about 40 other nurses who knew I had this camera. <laughs> and, um, and Brittany did this photography was born just of taking images of my friends who were nurses around the same time. Social media was really growing and it all organically 
overwhelmed me um, to where I really had to make a decision on if I could maintain this schedule as a nurse and giving these babies my best, as well as my now clients as we were getting a client base and growing as a business. Wow. So when then when was the transition of leaving NICU and leaving your little your nurse family there and going into photography full time? What did that transition look like? And then second part of the question, how did you bring in Sean, who you call Gids? Oh, like yeah. Gids all the time. Yeah, and like I I legit like forgot his name for a period of time because. You only call him Gids, but his name is Sean. So, so tell us about leaving leaving the hospital, become a photographer full time, and then bringing in Gids into the background. So, I think it sounds like a very glamorous thing. I'm leaving my full time job and all of the um, scheduling boundaries that I have on me, and I'm just gonna live my nights and weekends hanging out at home. Well, that can't be further from the truth when you have your own business. I went from a job where I had 12-hour shifts that stopped and I went home to a job that doesn't have the boundaries of a shift at all. And until I could really figure those things out, I was working 24-7. So while it sounded very glamorous, it was also very risky. So anybody who's um, started something new or started something out of the ordinary, it's not like at the family Christmas party, my family was like, good for you. They were like, can you eat? What's going on here? How would you leave this very stable job? Why would you do that? Um, To follow your heart and to follow your passion, which was photographing and watching these families not just grow and graduate from the NICU, but now grow and live together over years and years. So the same things I loved about NICU still feed my soul in photography today, but leaving the NICU was very bittersweet for me. Um, I feel like to bridge the gap of still feeling like my soul needed to serve these babies and these families, however, wanting to go the route of owning my own business and, and starting that path as well. We decided that we would use our camera to bless others and that we would always, always, always make time to go serve these families in the NICU. So that's what we do now quarterly. We have a relationship with a local hospital that has some very sick babies in it. And every single family has the opportunity to sign up and get some pretty awesome images from our team. Yeah, I've seen seen these images. And I mean, obviously, I I look at it and I I just think – what a, what a service that you're you're doing for these families. It's it's an amazing thing that you offer them. But from a, a very technical standpoint, I'm just like, how did she Photoshop out all those wires? And like, you did a superhero series. Yeah, and that was really really cool. Um, and just from like a, yeah, an editing standpoint, I'm like, dang, this girl, she knows what's going on with this. And these families, I hope they're wallpapering their nurseries and their homes with these images because they're so beautiful. It was really important to me to take these babies that the world sees as sick and make them look powerful, not just to their families, but to the doctors and nurses to kind of bring out the potential in them in an image is really important. When your baby is so sick that you can't even touch her, but then, you know, later that afternoon, she's Wonder Woman. You kind of start to see the potential in these little people. And it's just a great reminder 
of all of the strength that they have inside. Wow. I want to circle back and just ask you a question. Angie and I have talked about this between us and we've talked about it with some other guests and stuff like that. But you, you mentioned, you know, leaving the job and having the family being like, are you sure? And everything else. If you could go back and, and give yourself advice for when you left your full-time job, what would you say to yourself to make that transition better? Because I know there's a lot of photographers out there who either feel held back by their, their day job or feel like they're, they're ready to, to make that transition, but there could be fear and you know, losing the 401k or losing health benefits or, or just the stability aspect. So if you could go back and tell yourself, like this is either, either advice or like a hype up message, what would that be? The feelings that I w- was feeling, it felt very risky to leave that very secure job. I felt like, am I prepared for this? Am I qualified for this? All of those self-doubt feelings were very loud in my head because I was doing something so different. To the world, they looked at me and said, look how brave she is. I wish I had the courage to do something like that. Maybe I do have the courage to do something like that. The world didn't see the self-doubt that was inside of me, even though it felt loud because that's where it was. The world saw this as a brave, bold move. And I think a lot of people saw it as, wow, I wish I could take a chance like that too. So once I kind of, once I started seeing, yeah, this is a little crazy. And just embracing that it's crazy and it's different and it's who I am. It was okay. It's okay to be different. It's okay to go your own direction. It's okay not to live by anybody else's standards or their rulers for your life uh, that you want to measure up against. So follow your heart. I'm, I'm very big on prayer. God and I are old friends. So I talk to him a lot like I'm talking to you guys today. And what I would say to him is, here's what we're going to do. If I am out of line with what it is that you want from me, Lord, put the sheer terror in my heart. And if I wake up with sheer terror about it, then I'm, I'm going to know it's not from you. But if I wake up and still feel blessed by you, if I feel, and just to look or to, just to look around our life, it's very hard not to feel blessed. But, you know, I know that he's going to provide. And I remind, I remind him of his promises to us that, you know, you'll provide for me, you'll guide the path. And so... What I ask from you is just to stand by me while we do this. So that's what we did. <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> and then you're instantly successful. No. So I want I wanted to go back really quick to okay, so you you left the left NICU, you're a full-time photographer, you're wearing all the hats, right? You're you're booking, you're marketing, you are doing the business side, um, you're shooting, obviously. Where where does Sean come in? When does he join your team? And what's his background? So Sean is very affectionately known as Gidley on social media. So yeah. you'll hear us talk about Gidley or sometimes you'll see Gidley being silly with me. So Gidley's uh, background, he was in finance for 13 years. I started getting extremely overwhelmed with trying to keep up with all of the bits and pieces that go into a business. Gidley's also my husband. Sorry, I should have started. Let's start there. Gidley's my husband. <laughs> Gidley is my number one encourager. Gidley is a dreamer. He 
again, it was never the plan for him to join onto this. In fact, it was like a little bit, it eased the blow of leaving my full-time job because it's like, well, okay, you're going to handle, you know, you're going to be that, that support salary. You're going to handle the healthcare. We, we got this. So I started becoming very, very overwhelmed. And in 2015, Ghibli said, something's got to change. So I did. I tried to hire everybody else, everybody but him. And it just kept coming back to, I needed somebody who was able to think differently than me, to challenge me and to push me to grow and be better. So I remember I looked at Ghibli and said, do, do you want to do this with me? And he was like, no, what are you talking about? No, um, but we gave us some thought, we gave us some prayer, and really, he was the best person for the job. So his job is a little bit; it's mostly behind the scenes. Some of it is we see him. So he um, is very well known on shoots to follow me and do some behind the scenes, which are really silly and goofy and fun. He is also very lighthearted, so he fits in with the team really well. But where I can concentrate my mind and my physicality in shooting and editing and ar arranging the team around me, Gidley does that for the business side. So I always say he's the engine in inside all of this, making sure that clients are responded to quickly, making sure that little fires are put out. So all of those little things he handles so that way I could be my most creative self. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I've seen, you know, I've, obviously I follow you on Instagram and like you guys are like the boomerang king and queen. So many boomerangs. And also, okay, I know this is like a little segue here, but you guys have made your own gifts, gift shifts, however the heck you say it. Yeah. I mean, how did you do that? Well, quarantine will bring out the creativity in us. So <laughs> that's what we did. We literally looked at things like, Okay, we, we can't shoot. We were shut down for a number of weeks. So if we can't shoot, what is it that we never find the time to do? And that was to make gifts of me doing things that would react to our shoot. So whether it's diving headfirst into a cake while a baby does that or throwing confetti in the air, uh, it was so much fun to make gifts. And you can find them um, under GIF. It's just Brittany Gidley, and, and they're pretty silly and fun. Love that so much. My favorite one is the is the the hand the hand clapping one. That's one of my favorites. Absolutely, <laughs> me too. So, Brittany, one of the things that you offer to your to your clients is dream sessions. And as someone who uh, you know, I, I own a, a proposal company, engaged on Maui, and you know, we we do something kind of similar like if a guy has an idea about something amazing he wants to pull off then you know we're his team to make it happen man it, it is just it is so much work and I feel like the extent that you guys go to make these dream sessions happen is it's it's above and beyond every time so can you can you tell us uh first of course what exactly a dream session is and then how how you make that whole thing happen sure so dream sessions, dream sessions were my way of innovating beyond what was available in, at the time, in the Cleveland area. But now we've really grown to more in the nation. Uh, we're one of the only people who does very highly stylized shoots that 
Photography comes secondary to the memories that we are making, and we do that through interaction. So a great, a great example to this is a little carousel horse that we have, and we tell the three-year-old, if you kiss the carousel horse, you know, maybe a real unicorn will show up, and it does. So um, we do a lot <laughs> that not just lends itself to great images, but more lends itself to great memories. And with the age group that I'm working with, a lot of them, it's their first memories, releasing butterflies with me, going to the farm and playing with the goats and having a picnic with them, or going to the airport and having all of your luggage in this big giant plane to yourself. So the sky is really the limit with that. Sometimes parents have an idea on what they want to do. Oftentimes we will create visions, vision boards around that idea. But the biggest thing about dream sessions, when we talk about how much work dream sessions are, yes, they are but I don't do this job myself. So I feel like one of the very best things that I did to grow this business was start bringing people in with me and putting them in places to succeed. So we saw that I did that with Ghibli. All of a sudden, I was able to just be this creative powerhouse who just gets to love my clients and love these babies because Ghibli's taking care of all that crap I don't want to do. But same thing um, with... A florist, you know, we have a florist, always do florals. She's great at what she does. I don't have to stress over that. We have a stylist who comes in and actually curates the set for us. And then probably most importantly, we have a baker for our sweet treats and goodies and cake smashes because the only thing good to do with a cake that Brittany Goodly bakes is smash it. Like, they're like, they know, you don't want me in charge of these things. But if we can place people in places to succeed, it does a couple of things. It not only helps my shoots to be the very top of what this city can offer, but it also gives these other vendors Instagram and Facebook content as well. So um, it just really works out great. A lot of them have become very dear friends of mine. I call them boss babes, even though not all of them are girls. They're still babes. <laughs> and that's what dream sessions are all about. That's awesome. And, and on that on that note of, of, you know, elevating other vendors and bringing in a team, your photography business is Brittany Gidley Photography, but I noticed like reading through your website, doing the research beforehand, you have the dream team. Yeah. So how did how did the dream team come about? And was it was it just organic growth? Or was it like you knew that you had to bring more people in like you brought in your husband? It takes a level of vulnerability to bring somebody in on a team, right? To trust them to do their job to hand over the reins for a floral dream session, you know, to hand over the reins on what is the crown jewel of this session. However, giving people that opportunity is so beautiful because we watch their businesses grow. It's really, it's great to rise, but it's even better to rise and bring people up next to you. So it was really important to me to put people in a place to succeed not only were my shoots better because of it, but they were able also to try something new, try something different. We're very supportive of that here. Being different is really one of the best ways to stand out as a creator. Mm -hmm. When you were growing your business, did you ever think that you would eventually, you know, have to put on the hat of, you know, managing a team and, and all of that? Because so many photographers, we start out just like, I just want to create, I just want to take pictures. But scalability is, is, is something that 
so few of us think about, but becomes important if we want to grow in our lives and grow in our businesses. I did it, but I did it kicking and screaming. I was always very, um, at the beginning of this business, I was very proud to be exhausted. I was proud to do it all. I was proud to hold the reins on everything. But man, did it feel good to hand those things over to people who were, a lot of times, even more capable or even more passionate about it than I am. So having that team around me has helped me to avoid burnout. I love every single day that I go to work. I don't go to work alone. Even if it's just uh, our little team, me and my assistants, um, I look at the florals on set. I look at the set. I look at everything that goes into it. And I just know how many people are proud to be a part of this dream team and make that memory for that family. That is so wise on so many levels. I think a lot, and I think that resonates with a lot of people too, right? Like we, as artists, we want to go in and we want to create and we want to do everything. And we want to, you know, hold that torch of, I do everything in my business. But at the end of the day, like you, I mean, you can only be spread so thin, right? And your product starts to suffer after a while. So that's, I like that you said that you did it kicking up. <laughs> <laughs> you recognized it was, I mean, like you recognize it was the, the right thing, but it was also going to be a really, really hard thing to do. It was the only way to bring the magic that I have inside my head, what I can create and come up with for these families. That is something that we need to shield a little bit from the stressors of the business, right? So I need a little bit of white space in my head and in my soul and in my schedule to make sure that I can create these magical, incredible scenarios for families and for children. And I can't do that if I'm bogged down with invoices or trying to put floral arrangements together. That just, there's just not enough creative space within me for all of it. So we always say, we always protect my magic. Don't stress Brittany out. She has a big shoot tonight. <laughs> protect her magic. <laughs> And you do bring the magic to these shoots because, you know, the last Christmas, you know, we had a little studio session with you. And so I, I brought in my daughter, Eddie, who was two and a half at the time, and she wanted nothing to do with this. She was jet lagged from coming from Hawaii. And like, I was just like, oh, my God, I, like, I'm so embarrassed because Brittany's going to be like, this is the worst kid I've ever had in my studio. Right. And then. All of a sudden, you had her like changing out of her clothes into like this cute little tutu and then picking out bows for her hair. And like, I think you ended up like redoing her hair and just like these little pigtails. And I think my jaw was on the floor the entire time because before I knew it, my little girl like came to life and she's laughing and she's playing and she was kind of being a jerk before this. So, like, you know, like a two and a half year old can be. Um, how did you learn to work with kids like this? I'm just. Every time I shoot a family session, I try to channel my inner Brittany because I, I just, what, what you did there was extraordinary and special. And I, I just, I, I would love for you to share a little bit about how you learned how to work with children and how you can turn a bad situation into gold. Thank you for the kind words. She was a dream. I don't recall it going that way. If you said it did, it probably did. But a, mo a mother's eyes. It's yeah. Different. Right. <laughs> I don't take myself too seriously. And whatever it takes to get the shot, it doesn't really matter who's around me or what they think about what I'm doing or my arsenal of 
fart jokes or whatever else it is that I'm that I'm pulling out. Um, I think the number one thing with children, especially, is respecting them. I try to treat them as I would like to be treated. So if I didn't feel comfortable in the clothes I was in, and someone gave me an option that was really fancy and that I liked, then we roll with it. We we roll with what kids want to do. Um, that particular shoot was Toy Factory, so that was our our dream set for Christmas. And so, how can you resist? Oh my gosh, there was a slide on set. There was um, everything was able to be touched. So that's really big too. We don't tell kids no. Um, if it's something I have to tell a kid no to, it shouldn't be on my set. They should be able to come, explore, be themselves, act their age, and that includes my cameras. So they are always welcome to. Touch my camera, explore it, um, push the button. If if I'm permitted to do that, they should be permitted to do that as well. I have a lot of like horrible headshots that kids have taken of me that'll put a smile on your face. <laughs> They're always from a funny angle when kids are trying to take a picture of me. But try to just let them play. If I make them sit and we're gonna take photos, they don't want to do that. But if we're gonna sit and we're gonna talk about animal sounds that are incorrect and we're gonna be silly and joke. That's a different situation. You start to earn their their trust with that. So that's really big. Trust and respect. And then on top of it, just working in a little fun. You know, there's always some sweet treats involved. There's always the kinds of things that kids like. I grew up in a really broken home. I grew up really fast. And because of that, I didn't have the opportunity to be a kid. I also have four other siblings. So not only was I not able to be a kid, a lot of times I was in a responsibility role with my siblings and making sure that they had what they needed, even some of the most basic needs. So it's very fun for me to relive childhood, um, whether it be following a family at Disney or you know setting up an incredible set for them and watching their first memories be made. I love being a part of that because for me, maybe I missed out on it as a kid, but I'm getting it tenfold now. How do you prep and coach your parents? Because like I remember the first family session that my wife and I ever did, and we the kids we were out in like a hay field, and the kids were climbing the hay bales and having fun, and like the parents kept saying like no, stop playing, like get in line, and that, which was not at all what we wanted. We didn't want like rigid photos, but that's what the parents had in their mind. So like, how do you work with the parents to just get these amazing images and, and create that experience for them? So on the side of a parent, I can only imagine what it's like to pay top dollar get everybody ready, fed, they're on time, and then have your kids acting wild. But that's what kids do, especially on photo day. I tell parents, you're off duty. You're good. I'll take it from here. All you have to do is be a mom or a dad. And you know what that does? It links back to their memory. Do you want the memory of policing your child around, don't touch this, don't do that? Or do you want to just be a dad and just hang out? And if they're being bad, like pick them up and throw them in the air and make them giggle. That is a lot more of a fun memory for you to look at on the wall than remembering, oh, remember he melted down because he couldn't touch the hay or, you know, th things of that nature. So we just try to be really laid back in it. I do have a lot of poses at the front of my mind that are very interactive and we play games always. I almost never like set a family up and tell them to smile. Like, we just don't do that. We play red light, green light. We um, do all sorts of games and things like that. Even if the game is as simple as Simon Says, you know, Simon Says, put your hands in your pocket. It's giving the children a task, and it's keeping it fun. But yeah, if parents get stressed, 
it's okay. It's part of it if they get stressed. But also, I tell them, I do this every day. You're off the hook. Guess what? You don't have to police your kids right now. Let's just let them run around and be kids. And usually, if they have the freedom to explore their surroundings, they usually come back to wanting to interact with the family and have a tickle party with us. Is there prep leading up to the shoot as well? Like, do you send emails to the parents or is there like a guide or or anything else like that? Or is it just mostly like once they arrive on set, then you're just like, hey, this is how it's going to roll. Every once in a while, I'll have wardrobe questions. But usually what will happen is a mom will email me and say, I know you work with kids, but mine are the wild ones. (laughs) And I write back and say, good, because I love it. I love spunky kids that run around. I love kids with their own minds and ideas. It just makes them interesting. It makes them who they are. So normally not too much prep into it. Anything that we would need, we already have, right? We we roll with snacks. If a kid's hungry, we, we got you. We roll with snacks. We roll with games. We roll with extra cameras. If they're getting rough with mine, it's, it's no sweat. Awesome. Because we're all dying to know. I mean, you do celebrity shoots and you work with the Cleveland Cavaliers. How the heck did you land a gig like that? How does that work? So one of the most humbling things about what I do is that my clients choose me. So a lot of times we think about it like, oh, we're accepting this client or that client. No, my clients are choosing me and trusting me. So it doesn't really matter who you are. As a dad, for example, my job remains the same. I need you to sit at this tea party table, pretend to drink tea with your daughter, and then we all need to pray that it doesn't like collapse under you. For some of these daddies who are are bigger guys or athletes or NFL players and things like that, I see these parents in the parent role, not in a star-studded celebrity role. And so for me, it's the same as any other parent that we work with. So then you're, you're not just doing one session for these folks, right? Like you become their lifetime photographers. And when some of these, uh, when some of these big players, when they leave the Cavaliers for, you know, whatever reason, now they're playing for a different team that like they're flying you places. I mean, how do you solidify these relationships with clients to where they're not even going to look at other photographers in their area? They just want Brittany. How, how does that process go for you? How do you become this lifetime photographer for these people? I mean, celebrity or otherwise. So our clients are way more than clients to us. We call them our BGP family. We truly watch their little ones grow up. So it's more than being a vendor who comes in and out of their life. It's almost more like being an aunt and uncle. <laughs> We're invited to yeah. their birthday parties a lot of times as guests. We will go on vacation with them. We are trusted in the circle, celebrity or non-celebrity. We're a trusted piece of the puzzle because what most parents are trying to do with a vacation or a photo shoot or a specialty day is make sure their kids have amazing memories. And we are really good at making memories. But so again, because I'm I'm always so interested in like the, the how portion of this. And I mean, like clearly you're creating these amazing relationships with them and they're inviting you to their birthday parties. Do, Do you, do you as a business stay in touch in between sessions? Like, do you send out little cards or anything else like that? Like, 
Is there ways that you foster those relationships not on set? Absolutely. Social media has changed the game for us. I'm not interacting with them through a Christmas card anymore. I'm watching their stories and commenting on their, how their eyelashes are growing, these little babies. And look at their cheeks now. And it's not really coming from a place of strategy. It's just who I am. My greatest joy in this world is being an ant. My second greatest joy in this world is being an ant to all of these little ones. And to really, it just goes back to what feeds my soul, watching them grow up. Social media has never made it easier to watch these kids grow up. Hmm. Yeah. And that makes, yeah. that makes relationships, right? That's what it is. It's a back and forth. When I post on my social media, that's the best way to interact, for my clients to interact with me. It's me. It's silly. It's not these big gestures, but it's more just a little daily. They're in my life daily, and I'm in theirs daily. And my gosh, I am so thankful for social media for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk more about social media here because we've chatted on the phone a few times. I remember when TikTok came out, you're like, and you got to get on TikTok. I'm still not on TikTok, but you know, you've grown your social media following. You have like a verified account on Instagram, which is just wickedly, wickedly hard to do. (laughs) You know, you have all these tips and tricks and stuff. How, you know, you, you use social media to keep tabs on your clients. How are you using it to reach new clients? I love that question. I think everybody's always looking for me to like spill the strategy. And I think it's a little bit simpler than that in my world. It's to be authentically me in a way that they're here for. And let me explain that. So authentically me is being messy on a photo shoot, is falling over or being covered in buttercream or trudging stuff through the sand, or commenting on like the pits I got going on because it's 90 degrees out there today. It's my best way to show what's really going down. And I think that's a really good contrast against what's on my wall. So what's on my Instagram wall is so beautiful. It's so curated. So lovely. Mm -hmm. But that was probably one one thousandth of a second. And what I tend to show behind the scenes and on stories and even through some of our video work is that it's a messy process, but the process is fun. It's just as fun as getting your gallery. So I try very hard to be authentic to who we are and not just try to show the best part of what we do or anything like that, but to do it related to photography. So I'm not getting on there with like a makeup tutorial. Like most of our people are not here for this, but they usually are here to um, get to know a little bit more about me and about my life and get this life too. So I'll pepper in like some of what we're doing or if we're traveling for fun or things like that, I'll totally put that in there. But I'm not your like blogger who's showing you how I make my coffee. If you want to know, I mean, I'll make you a video. But for the most part, I try to show the process of photography and really show off what it looks like to pull off these huge, fantastic sessions. Awesome. Thank you. I'm always amazed by people who do social media very well as someone who does social media very poorly. So one one of the things that we love to talk about, and and I think people who who run very successful businesses all understand is is failure. Uh, Angie and I both love the fact that like 
everybody handles failure differently. Some people are really good at it. Some people aren't. I've always seen failure as like an iterative thing. Like I don't see failure as a stopping point. So, so that all being said, do you have a favorite failure that you have had in your business? And did you, and what did you learn from that? Obviously, yes. Gosh, I have so many. I have so many. I think the way that I started BGP, you know, we talked about I was I was so proud to wear all the hats. I was so proud to do it all. Behind the scenes, I was, I was really tired. I was exhausted. I wasn't putting out my best product until I really got help here doing things. One thing I wish I had done differently is I wish I would have paused toward the beginning and gotten the education that I needed to be better faster. Because when we talk about lifelong relationships and watching families grow and giving them the best, what families got eight years ago wasn't the best of me in technicality or in capability. And had I stopped and put the money in and put the time in to being the best version of me technically first, I think I would have arrived to the point that I'm at today quite a bit faster. Was that more, or is it both photography-related education or business-related education? Both. Both. Even podcasts like this, so helpful, so helpful to hear others' journey, their perspective, their little tips Mm -hmm. and tricks, what you can get out of an hour of listening to somebody who's ahead of you is an incredible amount of knowledge. So even just being here listening today is is going to make a lot of difference. So along that note, and this is something that I love to do is like, I love to follow other people who are successful and not just in photography, but all over the place. Are, are there people, photographers or non-photographers that you feel have been really influential to you, either in their mindset, their business, their values, anything else like that? Absolutely. I think Three of my favorite non-photography related people to follow, listen to, read. The first one is going to be Brene Brown. Her work on vulnerability, showing up, being imperfect, and that being okay and accepted is absolutely vital to what I do. I'm not going to show up and do it perfectly every time, but understanding that it's okay to be imperfect is amazing. I think I've read every single one of her books. Really, I think, I really think I have. I also really, really love Jasmine Starr. So she started as a photographer and has taken her brand a little bit of a different direction to now she's doing social media, content creation, and helping other people do that through social influencer. So I think that that's, it's been really incredible to watch her journey. Um, it's been incredible how open she is with when things are going great or when things are messy. I love that. I think we like look for that in other people. And then one of my very favorites, Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk. He told me like three years ago to get on TikTok. I got on TikTok a year ago. I was late to the game, but he's not afraid to tell it like it is. And he's always looking forward. He's always, he's not looking to perfect what's going on right now. He's looking to perfect what's going on two years from now. And so I just think he's a visionary and I love listening to what he has to say. 
Yeah, he, he it was funny when I first heard about him, he totally rubbed me the wrong way. But the more I listened to what he had to say and see his success after success, it's like, okay, clearly I have to just listen to this guy. He is so smart. He has he, he knows what he's talking about. He's not just an ego. Because he comes across that way, I think, to a lot of people when they first it's like, oh, this is this guy is just a blowhard, but he's so smart at what he's doing. And I think he really wants the best for others. I mean, we see that mm-hmm. over and over. And maybe he doesn't always do it in a warm and fuzzy way, but I think that the way he does it is still lovely. Oh, it's so authentically him. Yeah, absolutely. He 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 loves risk takers. He loves to push people. Yeah, he's he's a good dude. And he keeps telling me to get on TikTok too, and I still haven't done it. Come on, <laughs> <drink a> party! <laughs> I want to talk really quickly about your team again. So you bring people on on your team to help with, uh, with shoots and, you know, setting up your dream sessions. You, like there's just lots, it's multifaceted, right? Lots of people doing lots of different things. You train these people, you put your time, your love, your energy into them. You are trusting them with your business, right? Which is your baby. You've grown it from this little tiny thing. And now, you know, you're Cleveland's premier family photographer. How, how do you let go and trust somebody that they're not just going to take all of your ideas and take your processes and all that and run off and start their own, their own thing? So the reality is that risk is there. The risk is there, right? We can put our pieces into place, non-disclosure agreements uh, with clients, non-competitive agreements with employees. We can put these things into place, but at the end of the day, you are trusting your employees to live ethically, and ethically can mean creatively ethically as well. We've had employees that have gone on to do different things and respect those boundaries and employees who have not respected those boundaries. And so obviously we deal with those very differently. But because our team, we laugh together, we we play together. Our work is very much play. We innovate together. We travel together. And you know we eat together. Because of that, they really do become such an important part of what we do. So anytime somebody goes a different direction, it hurts. And it doesn't matter if it was our decision from BGP or the employee's decision. It absolutely hurts because change hurts. But change is also the birthplace of innovation. And innovation is what keeps us on top. So we have to kind of roll with being okay with change, even if it feels Mm. icky sometimes, because it pushes us forward to be a better brand. It also opens the door to bring somebody who is maybe a better fit onto our team. And when you look at it that way, it's a really beautiful process. It is so sunshine and rainbows. (laughs) (laughs) So much. And Brittany, this is one thing I like, I really, really appreciate about you because you're just, you take things that could be a, you know, a shitty situation and you're just like, no, but like, where, where's the lesson in this? How can we be better from this? I'm sure you go through other feelings beforehand, but I feel like your process for those feelings, is probably like 
a quarter of the time that it takes me to process those feelings. Like I'm just going to be angry for like a month and then I'll get to where you're at. Is this, is this something that you've trained yourself or is this just, is this just the magic of who you are? Is it a choice or is it is this nature versus nurture? Tell me. <laughs> it's, um, it's part of the beauty of somebody who thinks differently than me on our team. So Gidley is always very quick to find the sunshine in it. I, I'll find the sunshine. I'm just not quick. <laughs> and he, he is. He, he feels like you're quick at this. Obviously, there's always a lot of emotion when it comes to change, especially a change that wasn't welcome, change that you didn't invite in. And I've always been very big on stopping and feeling, and I hate that part of the process where you just got to feel it, and it's just going to feel yucky. But if I can stop and feel it for a while, then I'm not carrying it with me anymore. I didn't always have those coping skills, so I would, you know, carry these grudges and this anger, but um, I really, I, I don't any longer. So I stop and I feel it. And in our house, our house is a very safe space and our studio is a very safe space to get frustrated, to cry. It's okay. Like you can very much be yourself um, here at BGP and to be honest about your feelings and emotions. And I feel like because I'm afforded that opportunity to say this, this stinks, this is now messy, this process that used to be easy is now complicated or it's back on my plate. But as long as I can air those frustrations, I'm able to leave them there and not have them like burning in my soul. So so that's kind of my process with handling icky emotions, icky feelings. Um, I, I do. I let myself stop and feel them. I don't try to numb them. I don't try to be busy through them. I stop. I feel them. I, I carry them. I think that's a really good way. I, I yeah. love to learn. <laughs> there's some passwords involved sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think that's, that's the secret that a lot of people forget, though, is that step of just feel it, feel it big right now, and then just move through it rather than carrying it with you. Because, I mean, the more you get lugged down by that baggage and you're just dragging it around behind you if you, if you don't process it and, and just get it out of your system. Yeah. And yeah. I feel really lucky that this is a place that we can do that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're a safe workplace to, to feel and be who you are. Do you have that dialogue with your, with your team as well? Like if they're feeling frustrated or, or feel like a process needs to change or anything else like that is, do they, do they approach you and be like, Brittany, this has got to, this has got to change or I'm feeling frustrated or I need a break. Is, is that like part of the environment of your team? We try to offer opportunities for that because sometimes it's really uncomfortable to come and say, like, to come out of nowhere and say, we need this to change. So we do try to foster opportunities, staff meetings and things of that nature to say, like, to open the door for that, where it's a safe space to, to do that. But if I want something to change with one of my team members, when I approach them about it, I expect them to hear me with compassion and empathy. So if somebody brings something to me that needs to change, I need to be the same the same way. And I think it's just like a level of, of respect that we tend to keep around here, <laughs> that um, we try to let things be out in the open. If something has to change, be receptive to that change. Try new ideas. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Certainly we're not an employer without any conflict or not ever having conflict or things like that, but we do try to 
mitigate it as much as we can by making sure everybody has an opportunity to be heard. Awesome. We don't want to take your entire day, so we'll uh, we'll start we'll start wrapping it up. Where can people find out more about you and your business? Plug yourself, shameless self promotion time. Where where can people find you on the internet and everywhere else? Well, the best place to find me is going to be Instagram. So it's backslash Brittany Gidley. Our wall is very active, but behind the scenes, that's the fun that you guys are looking for. It's on our stories. Uh, we're also on Facebook. YouTube. Um, we have different educational opportunities all over Facebook and YouTube to become a more technically proficient photographer, editor, baby rapper. And then the other place you can find me, where I hope you two join me and find me, is going to be TikTok, where we're just really silly. <laughs> and we dance with babies and we show editing tools and secrets and just try to help you guys be the best version of you with giving you some little tips and tricks we've learned along the way awesome and we'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes for you guys as well all right and do you want to take us home yeah yeah so Brittany, seeing as businesses is an, is an adventure right business as an adventure you know the name of this podcast <laughs> what what are um some trail notes or a field guide that you would give yourself when you were first starting or notes that you would share with someone who's just starting their business as an adventure? The three keys that I can give to you starting this out, or even if you're in the messy middle of it, the first thing is to find what sets your soul on fire. Find what that is that you could do day in, day out, that you lose track of time because that's play. And if you can make play your work, you're going to be a much better performer. The second thing is to, when you find that thing, find a way to do it differently. So if you can do it differently, you're going to garner a whole lot more attention and you're going to find yourself being sought after at times over somebody else who maybe has more experience. And then the third thing is to please, please, please take those gifts that you have been given and find a way to give back to others with them. Find a way to bless your community and take really good care of the people around you because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. That is a perfect place to end. <laughs> I know. That was that was so good. Well, thank you for having us or being with us, Brit <laughs> Brittany. We really appreciate all of your insight and wisdom, and we can't see what wait to see what comes next for uh, BGP. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me today, and can't wait to see you guys on TikTok. See you there. <laughs> we will see you there. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into our show today. You can find a transcript of this episode and all of our episodes, as well as our show notes at businessasanadventure.co slash podcast. You can find us on our Instagram at businessasanadventure. We'd also love to see you in our Facebook community where we provide weekly free education for our fellow adventurers. You can find the link in our show notes. And finally, if you want to get a weekly, not spammy email from us with our favorite things we've found in the business and creative world, you can sign up for our Field Note Fridays at businessasanadventure.co slash field notes. <laughs>